This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Just Play. The team at Just Play hooked us up, as you guys know, with their product, uh, and it's been a game changer for us all season. We uh, love the playbook tools that allow us to create our favorite blocking schemes, uh, inside zone, power, obviously, uh, counter, and, and pin and pull, and even some outside zone uh, more this year. So uh, we can save time, be more productive, have a little bit of time with our family during the season. Just Play has a limited time off for RTP listeners only. Get my Just Play Pro for $120. That is $60 off the normal list price. This offer has been extended, uh, and it won't last much longer. Get this deal at JustPlaySolutions.com slash RTP. The best playbook tool on the market at JustPlaySolutions.com slash RTP. Don't wait. Go do it today. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by our good friends and buddies over at Team Builder. Team Builder is again offering coaches a free in-season football strength program. As you may recall, the New England Patriots squat up to 90% of their one-rep max deep into the playoffs. If your in-season strength and conditioning philosophy and your playoff philosophy is just to maintain, then you're doing it wrong. You can get the program once you start a 14-day free trial with Team Builder, which is Team B-U-I-L-D-R. Just reach out and tell them that you heard it from me, Rowdy, and the RTP podcast. Or use the code RTP when you sign up for your free trial at TeamBuilder.com, which is Team B-U-I-L-D-R.com. On today's episode of RTP, we talk with Ed Roberts. Coach Roberts is the OC at Hot Springs High School in Hot Springs, Arkansas. Listen as we talk with Coach Roberts about his fascinating football journey through his playing days at Western Illinois to his coaching career now in Arkansas. You can follow Coach Roberts on Twitter at CoachRob underscore FB. Hope you guys enjoy. Coach Ed Roberts uh, from Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, played my high school ball in, in Little Rock at uh, McClellan High School. Uh, I grew up playing almost every sport that you could play. Uh, was a quarterback pretty much until I got to McClellan. On my ninth grade year, I played quarterback. And then my sophomore year, I thought I had a chance to get the starting job. And uh, this kid moved in from Alabama named Dame Dunning. I'm gonna say his name loud because he stole my stole my dream. <laughs> he was like six four, could throw it like sixty yards, and then I, I moved to receiver. <laughs> and then um, my junior year, the coach came, the defensive coordinator came and said, "Ed, you're too good of a, a football player to you know not really be playing because the year before that, I think I had one target on like the entire season." And uh. He said, will you hit something? And I said, uh, Coach, yeah, I'll tackle. You know, it ain't no problem. He said, no, nah, that's not what I asked. I said, will you hit? <laughs> and so uh, that's probably the best thing that ever happened to me. I moved the moved to safety. And then I played safety that whole year until actually the playoffs. Uh, he dang showed up like an hour late to practice, like first round of the playoffs. And was like, oh, my bad, Coach, I was at the barber shop." And so that's how I actually got my first start at quarterback. (laughs) So, yeah, we went on the road and actually upset a team. And, you know, it was a real big deal. And then that next week we got murdered by Pine Bluff. And then uh, played quarterback my whole senior year. Um, 
wasn't getting a lot of attention at the position. And uh, had one school, uh, Monticello, they came down there watching the film and, you know, they were talking to Coach Ross sitting there and he's like, oh, man, you know, he looks good, you know. Uh, asked my OC, like, what you think about him? And he's like, man, he's a great kid. He's a leader. Y'all see he's a good athlete. Uh, I really don't know if he has a college arm or not. And that was the last thing I heard from Monticello. <laughs> and so uh, I actually got my, my one D1 offer extremely late. Uh, it was in the middle of track season, actually. And so I was running the hurdles when I was hurdling. I'm running the hurdles. And this guy out there from Western Illinois. And uh, I'll never forget it. And kind of talked, uh, you know, after track practice. And then next day I'm sitting in class. I get a call, you know, that they need to see me in the office. And, you know, that's never good. Yeah, that's exactly uh, right. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> what did I do? I go to the office and he's in there. He's the, de- he's the defensive back coach. And that was Money Henderson. And uh, my head coach said, he hands me the keys to the field house. He said, go to the field house, get dressed, put your cleats on, meet us on the game field. I'm like, all right. You know, it's a little school day, but whatever. And so uh, we go out there and, man, he's taking me me through all these drills, like these D-back drills, stuff that I've probably never done before. Like I was extremely undeveloped at the position because I only had like that one year at it. And uh, I guess he liked what he saw. A couple of days later, they called and offered me a scholarship. And that's how I ended up at Western Illinois. And so um, I go to Western. I'm undersized because I never really had a whole off season. The minute I get there, they tell me I'm red-shirting before like I even put a helmet on. Um, and I guess my, my claim to fame that year was we had a, you know how most colleges do, we had a rookie day where they made all of us get up there and like embarrass ourselves and stuff. And so, uh, we had made a song, it was called Don't Cross the Middle. I don't think it was very good, but they loved it. <laughs> so they actually like went to like a real recording studio and like recorded this song <laughs> and the first game of the season, like, we're out there warming up. They let all the freshmen, like, even if we were red shirt, they let us uh, suit up and, you know, have the whole experience. And we're out there warming up, and I hear my song, like, blasting through the speakers. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. And then we lost the game. And after the game, we're walking off the field, and our defensive coordinator is just going off. And he's like, oh, we're out there. We're not focused. Listening to Ed Rock. In pregame, I'm like, dang, I didn't even play, and it's my fault we lost. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> and I, I found out years later that I really don't think he liked me. Um, I spent three years on scout team. You know, I got a chance to tell that story when I ended up at Commerce. But like, you know, just for all the like kids that you know kind of felt like giving up because you know scout team defense is terrible. Like mm-hmm. you just out there basically just going half speed all day and it's don't hit him and let them catch the ball and it's that's right play action bite on this play fake and lord forbid you ever make a play you get yelled at for that so it was just being on scout team defense was awful like it's that's exactly right coach I mean you play too well you're gonna get in trouble you don't play you know uh well enough you're gonna get in trouble it's it's a it's a basically a no-win situation over no, there. at all so had to do that for three years, and, um, you know, I just stuck with it. You know, I've never been a quitter, and, I, you know, I felt, you know, my dad always told me, man, if you just keep working, you know, you'll find your way on the field somehow. And uh, my junior year rolls around, I actually start, you know, getting some reps on special teams and stuff. And, you know, I was a two, but I 
I only came in at like garbage time and stuff. I wasn't even like really just splitting reps at a two. And uh, my senior year rolls around. Uh, we getting ready to go play Sam Houston. And I'm still a two. Like I'm a two at this point. Senior year, I'm a two. And uh, we get to Sam Houston. We get off the bus. This is the, the day before the game, getting ready to go through walkthroughs. And uh, the coach tells, the defense coordinator tells everybody, yeah, I want y'all in the south end zone. So we're all in there. He calls the ones out. There's no safety out there on the field. And they're like, you know, where's the safety? Where's the safety? And I guess he had his headphones or something. He's like way up in the bleachers, like taking pictures. <laughs> <laughs> and so it, they still don't put me in. They wait for him to run out the, from the bleachers. And, and then later on that night, he was like late for a meeting. And then that next morning, he was late for breakfast. And that's how I ended up getting my first start. And uh, just never looked back after that. Started most of the season and, you know, played a lot of football. You know, so that was the best year I had, you know, actually playing ball up there. But I have zero stats for this. But I think my biggest contribution to Western was I was like a recruit host specialist. <laughs> That's and important. They, yeah, man, like for real. And uh, I guess like the first time I did it, man, the kid like signed or he got committed like that next morning at like breakfast. And they said he was on the fence. And so like the next week I had a kid. And like a few weeks later I had more kids. And I'm telling like I wasn't playing. And so like I had a car. That was one of the things a lot of freshmen didn't have cars. I had a car. And so like I'm getting a handful of like cash and like this is the kid you got this week. It was almost like here's your job. And I almost batted a thousand. Like no lie. Like every <laughs> single one of the kids that I had ended up coming to school there except one and I never had a chance because he already like had an offer from like the University of Houston and he was just like man I'm just taking all my visits having fun <laughs> that's right like, you know let's have fun then so uh still like so I graduate didn't have a clue what I was getting ready to do like my degree was in broadcast and I thought I wanted to be on the radio um and so I'm, you know, working, trying to trying to find a radio job, couldn't find anything, ended up coming home. Um, I was working in a warehouse and I'm like, man, I got a college degree and I'm working in a warehouse like this can't be it. And uh, ended up taking a job like at loss prevention for like at Kroger. And like that was like a, a, going to be a stepping stone move in my life. And uh, this was right around Christmas. Oh, so right around, yeah, right around Christmas, uh, I had a friend of the family who was a principal at a high school, and he's like, you know, what's your degree in? And I'm like, oh, I got a degree in broadcasting. And he was like, oh, well, you know, we got this, like, TV radio class. Would you be interested in possibly doing that? And I was like, you know, at the time, I'm like, I'd be interested in doing anything, you know, right <laughs> oh, now. And I, right. Had, I had almost forgot about it. So this rolls around like this is like August now. I've been in that warehouse for like months and I'm getting ready to, you know, start my life at Kroger and uh, which is a grocery store. And everybody yeah. knows that. Yeah. But, um, he calls me and he's like, man, you still interested in this job? I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and so with like, no, I never wrote a lesson plan. Man, didn't go to school to be a teacher. Uh, he said, this is what you need to do. Uh, you, you got a year to, like, pass the praxis, and you're going to get this this license. And, you know, he's telling me all this stuff, and I'm just trying to soak it all in. But, like, 
I end up in a classroom like full of kids with like just no preparation whatsoever. And so my first year, I might have been like the worst teacher ever. I was just trying to stay afloat. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Learn it one week before then. Yeah. So uh, before I get started, he's like, you know, you know, you play ball. Would you want to? Do you want to coach too? You know, most of the males, you know, we try to have them coaching something. It's, and I'm like, yeah, I'd love to coach. You know, I always thought that I wanted to be a coach, but I never wanted to be a teacher because they, you know, they don't get paid enough. You know, that's what I was always saying in my head. Now I, don't, I couldn't see myself doing anything else. But, <laughs> that's awesome. And so he's like, well, the only spot that we have open right now is assistant girl softball. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm thinking like, all right, I'm going to be an assistant girl softball coach. This is going to be awesome. And, um, He's getting ready to get school to start. He calls me in the office and he's like, hey, we just had a guy leave. They need an assistant freshman football coach. Do you want to do that as well? And I'm like, absolutely. And so um, here I go. I'm like, all right. Went from girl softball, assistant freshman. I'm moving up in the world. And uh, the head freshman coach leaves, like, in the middle of camp. He takes, like, an OC job at another school in the district. And so now it's, like, super late. Like, I've already, like, kind of been working with the kids, and they just, like, moved me up to freshman head. So now I'm a brand-new teacher, the freshman head coach my first year. Jeez. We got, like, 30 kids, and it's, like, we have two coaches coaching freshmen. And so, like, I got one – he's coaching the O-line, and I'm coaching, like – we were in a flex bone. So I'm coaching the quarterbacks. I got the receivers with me, tight ends, and the, you know, slot back, fullback. So I'm coaching, like, four positions, like, by myself. And, um, you know, I did that for three years. You know, that was – I learned a lot of football. You know, it's the difference between playing and coaching. Y'all know that. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I'd never been in that system. So, you know, learning the option football, you know, from, from, from that school and that coach was, was really good for me. And then uh, after three years, I got promoted to varsity DC. So I just I made another huge jump. So now I'm like the DC. I wasn't even calling the defense for the freshman team. So I'm trying to learn the whole scheme and stuff. He head coach kind of had his hands on everything. So I'm really just calling his scheme for the most part, especially that first year. Which you know now that I look back, I'm like I'm so happy about that that I didn't have to, you know, try to spin my wheels and figure out how to stop people. Like he was really like helping me with that. And uh, the kids that I had that year made, like, life so easy on me. Like, out of the 11, I think, like, nine of them were all conference, the honorable mention. And so, like, we we, uh, we ended up going nine and three that year, made it to, like, the second round of the playoffs, won a playoff game, which was, like, something that didn't happen at the school I was at Mills. We, we, they, just, they don't win, like, at a level like this. So that was just, like, a great year. And, um. I did that for four years. So I spent eight years at meals, three as the uh, freshman head. I did four as the DC. And then my last year there, we actually, me and the head coach switched and he gave me the offense. And like, that's what I, from the moment that I found out that I was going to be coaching, like, that's what I wanted to do. I'm like, I want to be an OC. Like, I have a passion for this. Like, I don't know if y'all remember, like, I can't remember what year the Maddens were, but Maddens used to create a whole playbook from like scratch. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah, man. And I like my dad would be like, man, why don't you just play the game like a regular kid? Like you sitting here <laughs> drawing plays all day. I'm like, man, dad, I'm in my zone. Like, leave me alone. And I would 
take my memory card over to my friend's house and like destroy them. And they used to say I was cheating because of the playbook. <laughs> and so like, you know, maybe like everything that happened was, you know, happened for a reason. I was meant to be OC. And, um, and so, you know, I kind of got stagnated, you know, I was at that one school so long and then we went on a, a little down uh, turn just with, with talent and uh, man, like we were, everybody was coaching like multiple positions. Like we were a 5A school, but we didn't have like 5A numbers. We, we didn't have like, the amount of coaches as uh, the other 5A schools you know, around us. Not trying to make, you know, they didn't want to make excuses or anything like that. But, you know, we weren't winning as many games as you should have. Um, and, you know, my wife is just always like, you know, you're putting in all these hours and, you know, you love this so much. And, you know, it's depressing, you know, to see you coming home on Fridays after, you know, working so hard and, you know, not being satisfied with what you're doing. She's like, I really think you need to, you know, try to move around. And I couldn't, you know, it was like you coaching, you at a school that's, you know, not a great school, so you must not be a great coach. And, uh, you know, I, I had, a, you know, one or two opportunities at some other places at like some position coaches. And at that point, you know, I was probably kind of being stubborn. I'm like, man, I've been a coordinator for five years. Like, I really don't want to just go and go back to being a, a position coach. And so, uh, I ended up with an opportunity to go be a position coach, but it was at Texas A&M Commerce. And um, they had just came off of um, winning the D2 National Championship in 17. And, um, you know, I was like, that's what I need. I need to go be around a winning program. I need to go see what, what winning feels like, what it looks like at a high level, um, how to be on a staff, you know, this size, because, you know, uh, we, were, we were varsity staff, but we had six coaches, nine through 12. And so even the head coach was coaching like two positions, offense, defense. Like, you know? and so it was, yeah, so it was like, man, I need to, I need to see something different because I, this is all I know. You know, I need to see. You know? And so I drive down to Commerce, which was like four hours from Little Rock. And I meet with uh, Kobe Carthel. He's the head coach there. He's the, the head coach at Stephen F. Austin now. And uh, I never met a guy like that that was just like, like this dude is a freaking winner. Like, I walked into his office, I, we talked, and when I left, he said, are you going to accept this job? It was a running back position. It was unpaid. And I said, yes, sir. So I was making like $50,000 coaching in high school, and I just basically just took a $50,000 pay cut to be with this guy. Jeez. Because I just wanted the the offensive coordinator, Matt Storm, he was like the 2017 football school coach of the year. It was like these type of dudes were the kind of guys that I was getting ready to learn from. And I just – it was just so good of an opportunity as far as like just learning the game and being around a program like that. I just couldn't pass it up. And my wife was on board, you know. Thank God for her because, you know, who wants – state husband to take a $50,000 pay cut. We had two kids. That, that's <laughs> that's hard, right. And uh, and so I get ready to leave the office, and he's like, what size shirt you wear? And he gives me a shirt, and then he gives me, like, the 2017, like, national championship hat. He had, like, boxes of them in his office. Just, like, hands them out to everybody, I guess. <laughs> and I walked out of there, and I had, like, the biggest smile on my face. And my wife was sitting in the car, and she was like, you took the job, didn't you? I said, yes. And, uh, and so uh, 
it was good. You know, like I said, I had my own position, but I was actually, but I was still working with the, they had a tight end running back coach, but like I would be able to run all the, the running back drills and do stuff in practice and got to sit in mm-hmm. on all the meetings and uh, learn, you know, how to they game plan. He was an air raid guy, been around a flex bone guy my whole coaching career. So it was just, it was a totally different brand of football that I got a chance to be around. And, um, uh, I got to pay my dues a little bit. You know, I never GA'd. I feel like, you know, I came in and then I was a freshman head and I got the D.C. job and then I worked and got the O.C. job. It was the first time it was just like, ah, oh, man, you finna pay your dues. Like, I was in charge of, like, Breakfast Club. And, like, every morning at, like, 6 o'clock, I'd be walking out of Walmart with, like, two baskets full of, like, bananas and crap because we fed <laughs> them. Um, we went to western New Mexico. Everybody was on a plane and I was – and it, uh and a trailblazer pulling a trailer full of equipment, like three other guys, like 16 hours both ways. Like it was, it was that kind of grind, but I'm blessed for it because like now I like work, working is so much easier now. It's like, I've, I've worked so hard uh, at commerce that like when I'm leaving, like, cause you know, it's spring ball and we had spring ball and we're doing summer workouts now and I'm getting home at like 12 o'clock and I'm like, what am I going to do with the rest of my day? <laughs> That's um, me too. <laughs> yeah, so that was an incredible experience. It was a, a resume booster, like I was saying. Like, I, I was having trouble even, like, getting interviews. And uh, when I was talking to people and I had, like, Texas A&M Commerce on my resume, it was just, like everybody was at least calling me back. Yeah, so it, it worked out. So now I'm at a Hot Springs High School, 5A High School back here in Arkansas. I'm the OC. I got a bunch of great kids. I got a, we got a really young staff. It's something else that I'm not really used to being around. Like I'm 32 and I'm the oldest guy on the offensive side of the ball. <laughs> that is a young staff. Yeah. I mean, we're a young staff. So everybody got like a lot of energy and uh, I got to hire an O-line coach. So that's the first time I ever got to hire a coach. And uh, that's where I'm at now, you know, this is long. No, it was awesome, Coach. And and so many, man, parallels that I saw uh, between my – with myself. Uh, I had just – so I had been redshirted, and so I graduated within those first four years, but I still had another season. So um, over the summer, I'm in Houston, and I get a job as a – in a warehouse. Oh, they're making T-shirts. But I got, like, the bad part of it. So I'm in this – in the summer in Houston in a warehouse with no air conditioning in it, and I'm basically taking T-shirts off of this printing press and putting it in an oven. So it's at least <laughs> it's at least 130 degrees in there. Uh, brutal work, um, you know. And it could be way worse, obviously. But it's just hot, tedious. It's no fun. And I'm sitting there, coach, kind of like you were. And I'm like, man, I've got a college degree right now. I went four years. Everyone always told me if you go to college, get a degree, you can really be something. And I'm sitting here in the 130 degree heat taking shirts off of a press and putting them in an oven. What's going on? Uh, yeah, man. Like, like something ain't, something is not panning out right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, uh, so I could really resonate with you on that one. Um, and then kind of the same thing. And then also uh, you're talking about, you know, Madden and, and having those um, uh, memory cards and, and sticks. And, and uh, they actually one year came out with a Madden that was just a coaching Madden. So oh, I remember that. Yeah, you were just a coach, uh, and and I played that, and I got uh, ridiculed by my, my parents the same way. Uh, why don't you just go ahead and play the game? But 
uh, all the coaching part and making the playbook and all that was uh, was a lot more fun to me. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Well, coach, I, I, go ahead. I, I remember the the GA grind too, man. Having to do all the stuff. I was Division two coach up in uh, at Augustana in South Dakota, and man, you you have no idea. I mean, you get to run your own position meetings and, and recruit and do all those cool things, but all the little stupid jobs you had to do. I mean, I, I remember I'd have to like, you know, you'd have to, you'd have to print off the things for the women's clinic and you'd have to make them look good. Then you'd have to hang pictures. I was painting the walls. I was, I was ordering the equipment and having to put the equipment in places. And like you said, having to drive, you know, all, all your equipment across the country. We, we did, we had a place where we practiced offsite. So I had to take the, the uh, scissor lifts so we could have the end zone. Shot. Oh my goodness. Dude, that is the worst job ever because you'd have to put it on a freaking trailer. <laughs> South Dakota, you're getting snow, you're getting rain, it's icy, and those things don't have four-wheel drive. They like one-wheel drive. Yeah. <laughs> trying to get those things off the damn trailer and then hauling them back and forth and driving them off. I mean, I, like, like Harper just loves, you know, end zone shots with his offensive line coach. I'm like, Every time I hear end zone shot, I think of those freaking stupid scissor lifts I had to move all the time. And you're just getting MF'd by every coach in the world, too. Oh, yeah. Man, this end zone shot, man, where, where'd you guys film this from? I'm just like, don't <laughs> even ask. Like, don't ask. Don't do it. I was in charge of muscle milk. Like, we gave the kids <laughs> muscle milk after practice. And so, it, and it wasn't for everybody. It was only for, like, the, the select guys that got it. So, yeah. I, so here I am, standing over the top of a cooler full of muscle milk with a list, having to be a police officer. Like, no, you don't get one. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, because you don't have enough. Because you, yeah, they don't nah, have man, you know, it's, it's D two, so you know, it's over. I, I don't know, man. It's so so many kids that's on the team, and it's only like yeah, if you're not on that too deep, or really wasn't even too deep. It's like. I think I was putting out like 45 muscle milks of practice for like a hundred kids. Uh, and so had to do that. Um, I tried to make the best of my opportunity. So like one of the, one of the coaches I was working under, it's like, I wanted to learn everything he was doing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if I can do it, let me do that for you. And so I ended up like, Absolutely. I ended up like my responsibilities grew because I was just so willing to be hands on and like, so at one point in time, like I took over like the way we so the way we game planned was we would watch film um formation by formation. Mm -hmm. And so we'd start off on doubles. And so if a team was like heavy doubles, man, we might sit in there and watch like a hundred and fifty clips just of everything that they've done against doubles that season. Mm -hmm. And so then he'd get done and he'd be like, all right. What is everybody like against doubles? And, <laughs> and so he'd make this list. And so at the end of it, he'd have all of these sheets of what we were going to run that week in every formation. And so I'd have to take that list, clean it up, and put it in a presentable for format. And then every coach got one, every quarterback got one. So that was like the first thing that I did that was like, yeah, man, I'm this is football here. And uh, – by the end of it, I was in charge of, like, making this actual play call sheet. Like, I just took over, like, you know, because I, I learned the offense like that, and then we take those sheets and, and turn those sheets into the play call sheet. And, and so when I was doing that, like, I felt, like, extremely responsible, especially like, when the OC would come and be like, Ed, where are we on the play call sheet for this week? Coach is done. 
that's right. Well, Coach, you know, I, I know you kind of went there so you could uh, be around those things. Is that something that uh, you've taken to your high school and, and now um, use as an offense coordinator? Oh, yeah. So, it's, um, you know, my first year as is, is OC, and, we, you know, we were so thinly staffed that I felt like I had to take on, like, so much stuff. Like, I felt like I had to do everything. And we were using wristbands, and every position had a different wristband. And so I'm printing wristbands, cutting wristbands. I'm doing all of my uh, inputs by myself. Like, I, I just felt like I didn't know that, man, you know, you could delegate a lot of this. You're the OC, right? Like, I just was <laughs> like, man, I'm just all in. Like, this is what I want to do. This is what I wanted to look like. So I was just doing everything. And then I, I get to commerce and uh, you know, Matt Storm was great. But uh man, we had a we had a full staff of guys. Like if you wanted to be a freaking student assistant for Kobe and you were a good guy, and he's like, come on. And so we had like an army of student assistants, GAs, uh, you know, a couple of guys that were like me. Like it was like freaking it felt like it was like 30 coaches on the staff. And so it was just like Man, so now I'm in a place where I have uh, I have my wide receiver coach, O-line coach. I have a tight end coach. I guess it's like four of us just coaching on the offensive side of the ball. And it's like I know how to use you guys other than just on-field coaching type stuff. So um, that's one thing that I can definitely say. Like I learned how to delegate. I learned how to, you know, Everybody, you know, getting everybody all in, and I feel like just having that approach going through the spring, man, I feel like everybody kind of, like, bought in quicker, and they feel like, you know, their opinions matter more, and um, it's not just my show. You know, we all trying to win. Um, you know, that was probably one of the biggest lessons that I learned from just, just being around that. Um, I decided, like, this year I'm going to be in the box. You know, that's not something that I ever thought I was going to do. Like, I love being on the field. Like, I love the energy. And, you know, I had people always say, oh, you know, you can't feel the game flow from the box. And I used to, after the game, you know, go home and watch film and I always be like, dang, I wish I would have seen this or I wish I would have seen that. And then I go to commerce and this dude's the freaking offensive coordinator of the year and he sits in the box. I'm like, because you see everything. Like, you don't have to worry about, like, did I get this relayed? Is everybody – is everybody, uh, you know, and especially like the year I was at Mills. Oh, I'm trying to hang this phone up. <laughs> no worries. So, you know, I decided that I was going to be in the box this year, and I feel real comfortable with that because I got a, a, a wide, receiver, he's wide receiver coach. He's our strength coach, too. And uh, he's probably one of the longest coaches that's been there, so he got a real good rapport with the kids. And then he's everything that a strength coach could, is supposed to be. Like, when you think about strength coaches and having that energy and being a disciplinarian, like, that dude is it. And so I'm like, he can run this sideline with zero problems in my mind. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, man, so I'm excited about that, uh, about going up in the box. I think that'll be good. I got to learn the air raid. You know, I hear everybody talking about air raid, and you see film, and, you know, like, how do you practice it? And, man, I, you know, so I learned that, like, uh, the way the – the way they throw routes on air is different. Like, the way they – I mean, so much of the practice was on air. Mm. And I don't think that's something that, you know, I don't think that that's something that I can do completely in high school. <laughs> but 
I understand the value of it. Like we just get so many reps. Like you just get so many reps, so many reps. You throw so many balls, you catch so many balls, and and going through the spring like that. Like I have, uh, I have receivers that you were like, ah, he's okay, and now he's like jumping over the top of people because he might catch forty balls in a day, just going through routes on there and stuff like that because. You know, we got coaches throwing now. So every rip, if it's on air, like every kid is catching a ball. And so now they're running routes harder. They're paying more attention. They're learning stuff. And, and so, you know, that was good for me. Uh, I stole a lot. of I, I stole a lot of his screen game. I mean, he's real. I mean, he's real good with the screen game. So I stole a great portion of it. Like if he was to ever see one of my games, he'd be like, all right, Ed, that's Randy Larry. <laughs> see what you're doing there. Well, Coach, you know, you got to hire an offensive line coach. What did – and, you know, the first coach that you've got to hire so far, what were some things that you were looking for when you were hiring a coach? I always think that's really, really interesting. I've never been in that position and probably won't be for, for a while. But it's always an interesting question. And, you know, you see some – I've been around some head coaches that were amazing head coaches or coordinators, and they were awful uh, at hiring, and their teams were really, really bad. And I've seen some head coaches that probably weren't the best uh, individual coaches or, uh, you know, great coaches, but they made unbelievable hires, and they had a great program. So I always think it's really interesting. What were you looking for? What are you looking for now when you're uh, hiring someone to help you uh, on the offensive side of the ball? Man, I wanted somebody that was high energy, and I wanted somebody that was uh, extremely knowledgeable on something that I wasn't. You know, like, if, you know, I'm a zone guy, and so if I bring somebody in and he's a great zone guy, and now we're both subpar at gap scheme, well, what if we need to be a gap scheme team? Hmm. And so, I was, you know, I, I kind of wanted somebody that could make me better. You know, because I've never coached O-line, you know, except for, you know, ninth grade football and the flex bone. I don't, you know, I don't know, almost don't even think about it. I can count that. <laughs> that doesn't hardly really translate. No, not really, not at all. I, I'll probably never jump into the flex bone, no disrespect to flex bone guys. But, man, I think we lost so many athletes. We couldn't get the kids out of the gym. We were basketball school. And, you know, the minute we went to the spread, like, we just – Ah, I can coach y'all throwing the ball now. Yeah, I'll come play now. And, I mean, if you ain't got the kids, you can't win. So, you know, if you were in a small town and everybody loves football and it's they grow up their whole life wanting to play for that team, you know, you ain't got those kind of problems. But, man, we're in the city. It's way too much to do. So it's like, man, if I'm not going to play football, I'm, I'm going to go hoop. I'm going to go play AAU basketball. I'm going to go. Yeah, no, it's, it's way too much to do. So you have to give them something that they want to be around. And um, I think our head coach kind of realized that, and you know, we jumped into that. But, but back to the question, um, man, we we brought in a couple of guys, and it was really a tough decision because we had a few that, that that fitted the mold we was looking for. But we kind of got lucky. Uh, it's a school out here, Pine Bluff, and they've won like a ton of championships back in the day, a lot of tradition. And uh, even more recently, I think they won like three in like the the 2010s. Like, I mean, they're, they're always a really good team. And uh, their O-line coach applied for the job. And I was just like, really? Like my head coach told me, he's like, yeah. So 
Um, and he came in, and he's big time. I looked at the film from last year. The school I came to was one and nine. Um, the head coach got the job really late, and he's doing a really good job getting things moving to the right direction. Like the interview I had with him, the first one was seven hours long. And the second interview I had with them was like, come watch the kids work out. I want you to see the kids and see if this is something that you want to be around, see how we coach. And then uh, then he wanted me to go out and do like a 20-minute session with the quarterback. So he wanted to see me coach. And so that was part of the part of the interview. And then we came in and he I had to make a whole practice plan that was like 24 periods and walk him through it. I mean, he was so thorough. I was like, man, if you just thorough with the interview, I could only imagine like how you are like coaching. I'm like, man, you you the man. And uh he's won a few championships when he was a DC. And I, it was almost like the same thing with Carthur. It was like I wanna work for for good coaches. And I man, I got that vibe from him and and so I feel like we're we going to get this thing rolling. You know, hopefully I don't knock on wood. But um, the coach came in for his interview, and he knocked it out. He big-time gap guy. And that's I felt like that's what we were going to have to be this year because when you start talking about zoning and you start talking about gapping, I feel like when you say gapping, you talk about, man, we're going to fire off the ball. We're going to be physical. And, you know, I think we got hard-nosed kids. I think it just fits them better. Um, and so, you know, I kind of made my mind up that that's where we were going with it. And he came in and had years of experience in it and still's only 29 years old. So he's like a young coach, good energy, was wearing his championship ring in the interview. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. All right. Let's, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, coach, you've, you've been a, you've been a DC, uh, and, and, uh, you're also now kind of learning the offensive line, two things that I think probably are, are extremely beneficial for an offensive coordinator. Uh, if you had to maybe put one above the, the other, what do you think, which one of those has helped you more uh, in becoming a good offensive coordinator? Is it, is it you know, understanding the defense and how they're attacking, or uh, has it been uh, learning more and more about the offensive line? Just you know, curious for those guys that do want to make that jump to coordinator and, and they kind of want to know, hey, what's the first thing that, that I should go figure out? I would definitely say learn that offensive line stuff. Um, you know, you learn how to – because when, once, you, once you can figure out how to block stuff and everything after that, everything after that becomes a little easier. I mean, you know, I, I played in the secondary, so, you know, I had a great understanding of that. I, I was a DC, and so the first thing when I got my OC job, I just turned the tables, and I was like, "What did I hate the most having to get ready for?" And it was like wing T type teams, wing T, dead T, flex bone. I hated having to get ready for that, and I hated tempo, zone reads, get the ball on the edges quick type teams. Because now, you know, now you're talking about making a lot of tackles in space. You're talking about lining up quick. And so my first year, man, I was like, foot on the gas, like, let's roll. And I think that was selfish of me. You know, it was a lot that I had to learn about. Everything that you can do on offense ain't necessarily good for the team. Hmm. So it's like, yeah, when we were rolling, it was good. But 
all right, we just three and out of y'all again. I'm sorry. And defense wasn't very good. So, you know, we might score 28 points. Like one game we scored 28 and we lost 62 to 28. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like, man, we, I'm like, yeah, we might need to slow down a little bit. <laughs> but um, definitely because I, we were getting a lot of three front four eyes and I'm like banging my head against the wall because – I had no idea on like what I really wanted to do to attack it. So it was one week. All right. I think I got it here. Let's do it. Ah, that was all right. And the next, so I, I don't want to keep rambling, but I think the best thing for me personally was getting that first year of experience and being able to self-evaluate myself. Coach, what do you think, you know, now you've learned some of the air raid principles and then you're probably going to be a gap scheme guy. Knowing traditionally most air raid guys are not, you know, gap run or I see some of them doing a little bit more of it. But, uh, you know, how have you kind of married up the two systems to make it kind of your own now that you're rolling into Hot Springs High? So I took, I took what I felt were my favorite concepts and I installed those and – I mean, at Commerce, we had we had everything. I mean, 90 through 98, then a bunch of one words, all the 60s. I mean, it was just overload. And so I took my favorite concepts. Uh, man, I, I, I installed as much of it as I could through the spring, start seven on seven, and then I set my quarterbacks down. I said, what do y'all like to throw? Because I'm not going to throw a ball this year. So I said, what do y'all like to throw? And they said, well, Coach, we really like shallow. We really like switch. And we really like spot. I said, all right, so we're going to run shallow, switch, and spot. <laughs> and so now those are our three favorite concepts. We're going to make sure we rep those every day. And then so that's kind of how that happened. Uh, with the gap scheme stuff, uh, we run a lot of power. So the first play we put in was power, and we only ran power for the first week and a half of spring ball. Wow. It, we didn't run another play. We said, power's going to be our bread and butter. I don't care that they know we're running power. Let's get really freaking good at power, which was total opposite of how, like, I had envisioned installing the offense because, you know, air raid, crap. It's like the whole thing's in in a week. Yeah, that's right. Three days. Yeah, so it's like – so I'm sitting in my interview and I got my install sheet broke down with my head coach, and I'm like, Coach, I can have my whole offense installed in eight days. And that was uh, going Monday through Thursday with a review day on Friday. That's how I envisioned putting my whole offense in. So I'm like, eight days, really two weeks with two review days, the whole thing's in there. He said, no, nah, we're not going to do that. <laughs> he said, no, nah, we're not going to do that. And so – I got to go out and watch him practice, and he had his DBs out there, and they spent uh, – this is no lie. It, I, it felt like 30 minutes working on stances. Mm-hmm. And that's how methodically he moves in his teaching. And then you go and you see these dudes play, and it's like we were getting destroyed in one-on-ones. Like couldn't – we couldn't get off press. They were in our hips. They sinking when we sinking, they physical batting down balls. And I'm like, all right, I need to coach my kids like he's coaching theirs because they're better than us. And so it all just resonated. Um, and so now we're three run plays in. Been there since April, mm, end of March, 
to right now, we've got three run plays, and we got in uh, power, like I said. We got in, like, a guard rap play. Hmm. Almost like people usually run dark, but we don't uh, – we didn't got the tackles for it. And that was the best play they ran last year. The absolute best play they ran was just like a little guard rap. They fanned the front side, blocked back with the center, wrapped the guard to play side. Mike, the best play they ran. And so I'm like, why would I not run this? It's the best play they run. <laughs> exactly. So I got rid of what I would have called dart, and we just call it two and three now. And that we were, that's, it was cash for us, all team camps, all spring. Um, and we got buck sweep in. Coach, so that's a big like, that's a big change in your install, and I absolutely love it. Um, you know, to I've been on on both ends. I've wanted to try to put the whole offense in really quickly, and then I've also been at a point where I've got some offensive linemen where I don't want to hardly put anything in. I just want them to try to get what you know, like you said, the one play. So, how did you, uh, with that kind of in mind, how did you? Uh, decide when it was time to go into, okay, we've got power down. Let's now put in, uh, like you said, two or three or buck sweep. When uh, when did you know, okay, now's the time to put it in? And was there any time in the spring where you were kind of nervous and, and saying, man, we've only got one run play at our disposal right now? Man, I think what, what ended up doing it for us, and it, and it was what he said, if you ask a kid what his rule is, can he spit it to you verbatim? Like, if I look at my tackle, my left tackle, and I say, what's your rule on seven? Oh, I'm blocking down to the backside linebacker. If he can't say it like that, he don't know it. And that's what he believes in. And so until it looked exactly how we wanted it to look on film, and we could go and ask every player, oh, left tackle, what do you got on six? I got a hinge, coach. Until it was like that, we didn't move on. And so now they have zero questions on power. That you can line up in any front. You can walk up backers. We can run power. And then we moved on to the next play. Well, as long as you can run power, man, the sun's going to come up every day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we, do, and we do some stuff. We do some stuff on the back end of it that kept us from just being extremely one-dimensional. Like, um, we just really got into getting going into the pistol with it because I got a, a, a big bruiser back. and. It would just be stupid for me not to get him downhill, but I'm an offset guy, and so we could run it. Uh, we could run it going across. We could run it same side. Uh, we could put our H back in. He make a he make a call, and him and the guard would switch responsibility where he would the guard would kick and he would turn up. So all of that was just power to me. Like I don't call power. I don't call counter. Like if I call power, we're gonna run power. Mm -hmm. Like if I call six, that's power right. We're going to run power right. If I put you on the left side and you make your call, you want the guard switch, that's, it's, every, some people would call it counter, but it's just still power for us. Love so, it. We had enough variations to, to really get us through spring with that. And then we were um, – now we were, we're doing a lot of good stuff in our RPO game where uh, we'll, we'll run same side power and we'll read that apex backer. And so if he's stepping in, like, we're throwing speed outs. I love it. It's like you said, it's one play for your offensive line, but it's now three, four, however many plays for everybody else. So uh, it kept you from getting stagnant, but your offensive line learned power first and then all, all the things off of it. And like you said, it's something that's never made sense to me either why 
you don't necessarily need a power and a counter play. It's it's the same play except for a counter. Your guard's kicking, and your eight is your fullback's the one going to linebacker. They're just switching rules. Why do you need mm-hmm. to teach a whole new play to everybody else? It's uh, uh, it just makes almost too much sense. Oh yeah, and we trying to keep we trying to keep things simple as possible, and that's always been my philosophy. I felt like cloudy minds equal slow feet, and so even my first year, I was like. We're going to be inside zone, outside zone, power. That's it. That's all that I want my O-line to learn, pass protection, screen game. And as the year went on, I'm like, we I call now we, we were running wham. We were running trap. We were running midline. And I'm <laughs> like, where did I lose myself? <laughs> too much time on the weekends. <laughs> yeah. Man, it's like. Watching too many games and playing too much Madden. I know, right? So. I'm going to hand, I'm try to handcuff myself a little bit and stick to my, my freaking values. <laughs> it's tough. Coach, man, I was going to ask you, you know, you you'd mentioned before, you know, some of the things that had caused you problems as a, as a D coordinator. You know, what, what might have been some of those things? Now, you, you mentioned some tempo things and, and the, uh, the way a couple of teams had lined up. What might have been some plays that, that did kind of keep you up nights when you were at D.C.? Um, well, hey. Every year we had to play Pulaski Academy. And you know, that's – they do the, – the amount of stuff that they do would just be nerve-wracking to you. And, you know, one year I had – like the first year I had a really great defense. I had athletes everywhere I thought we could match up. You know, they don't punt. And so I had told my kids, you know, we get this is how many turnovers we got to get. Every time we stop them on fourth down, we count that as a turnover. And in the first half, we had seven turnovers, and that was really right on par with where we wanted to be. And we went in the locker room, and it was we were down fifty. God dang! Yeah, man. And so, uh, <laughs> but like I said, uh, hey, they're not even they're not even simple in spring football. We we uh, for the past two or three years uh, went to spring camp with them um, over in uh, Greenwood, mm-hmm. and and they're running. Uh, quads empty motion handing it off to the the guy on the sweep and and then he's throwing the ball on a flood route I mean it, it's unbelievable does it during spring ball yeah man like that's just like basic stuff they do it's just it's just part of the offense it's like not it's not trickery you can't get mad about it because it's like go and watch their freaking peewee team playing it like looks the same yeah but, they're- um, their style of football is definitely unique. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. So we had them on the schedule every year. Uh, it was a conference game. Yeah, that'll, teams, that'll leave you up. Teams that are like, if you're not, if you're teams that were balanced and could not and could do both things, like that, you could throw the ball well enough. You you were, you were if you could teams that ran the ball heavy was always a problem because it's like sometimes it's like all right. Maybe we're not lined up right. We're not feeling right. You know, that we can correct that kind of stuff. But when you, like, watch film and you just see dudes, like, just blowing cats off the line of scrimmage, you like, <laughs> like, Jesus. Like, you know, so any team that's – if you can be big and physical and you can control that line of scrimmage, it, it kind of keeps you up at night because it's like, you know, it, are my Jimmy's as good as their Joe's type <laughs> deal? That's right. Um, and then, you know, teams that just want to – that just are all over the place. Like, I hated that. <laughs> like, hey, don't be in a dead T this series and then being empty the next. Like, what are you – like, what's, what are you doing? Like, where's your identity so we can get ready for that? 
<laughs> Coach, bringing you back to, to your playing days, uh, now that you've maybe had some time to be a coach, reflect on, on your own playing, uh, when you were in high school, right, being a quarterback, and, and obviously doesn't help having a coach say that you don't have the arm to be in college, uh, do you think that maybe – uh, do you think that that was an accurate statement or do you think maybe you were just a kind of a product of the time at the time there wasn't, uh, I'm assuming you were a fairly athletic quarterback as you went to receiver and then uh, to secondary. Uh, it seems like at that time uh, there wasn't very many athletic quarterbacks that made it to the next level. It seems like now um, there's still not a ton, but uh, coordinators are a lot more open. Even some of these air raid coaches are, are a lot more open to bringing in an athletic guy at quarterback. Um, uh, do you, now that you got some time to self-reflect, what do you think? Um, what do you think of of you as a high school quarterback? You think uh, that they got it wrong, or you think maybe they were on the right track? It would have definitely been a transition. Like I'm not gonna sit here and just try to be extremely high on myself. Like I, <laughs> we 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 were in the spread a little bit when we needed to, but I, we had a a running back that went to Arkansas State and, and broke every almost every record there. He's like the second leading rusher. He missed it by like six yards. And so we used to hand that joker the ball. And half the time when I would throw, I got two for over a thousand, and I guarantee you 500 of those were off of play action, and I had somebody running down the field wide open. And, you know, we ran pop plays, curl flat plays, a lot of just simple reads and stuff like that. So I, I don't know that. It would have been a huge transition for me to go somewhere and say I'm going to be the type of guy that's going to stand back there and throw it 20, 25 times a game because I never had to. So mm. that's kind of, that, that's kind of tough to say. I, I think I would have. I think I would enjoy it. I think I would I would have worked it. I was a worker. And so I think that I could have. But, you know, no, I wasn't – you know, I, I wasn't a guy that was just a pure passer by, you know, like no stretch of the imagination. But I got a good arm. I had a really yeah. good arm. Yeah. That's what he was talking about. <laughs> That's right. Hey, so, so my other thing, playing-wise, um, uh, was there any thoughts? So, you know, you've, you've gone four years because you're redshirted. Uh, you know, you go four years, uh, your, your second string, uh, like you said, even fighting a little bit at second string your junior year. And then going into your senior year, I, I'm sure you could have – uh, graduated, gone off, and done your own thing. Was was there any thought, uh, even going into your senior year, you, you saw that you were second string uh, at the time, starting out with the you know before the season. Was there any thought uh, in your mind of, man, I'm just going to graduate, I'm going to be done with football, and get into the real life, or or, or was it you were pretty committed that that whole time through to earning a spot and playing ball your senior year? I I thought that I was good enough, like especially going through that spring uh, until my senior year. I really thought I had a shot to go into that year as a starter. And then I ended up uh, like spraining my meniscus. And then I ended up missing like a lot of that spring. I came back right in time for the spring game, played well enough, but I had a brace on and stuff. So in my mind, I'm like, man, I'm gonna get healthy. I'm gonna win this spot. So I, 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 had, I had a lot of confidence that I was um, on the right track, you know, to, to get on the field. And then, Honestly, I couldn't have graduated. I had paced myself to be done in four and a half years. Um, so I, I, I graduated that December. I didn't even come back that, uh, that mm. spring uh, semester. So I had, the way I had paced myself, I wouldn't have been able to graduate early anyway. But um, you know how – I never wanted to be that kid that was just like, the only reason I'm not playing is because the coach doesn't like me and stuff like that. Like, I hate that. Mm -hmm. And uh, on our senior night, 
uh, our DC at the time, he would give every senior a gift and say a little speech about them. And uh, I kid you not, this is how my speech started. Ed, when I first saw you, I said, F no. Jesus. <laughs> and I'm like, God, I'm like, dog. I'm like, gee, like, what did I do to you? <laughs> Dang. Yeah, that's not, uh, a, that's not a good way to start that. I'm like, yeah, and it got better after that. It went on to say, I'm happy that you stayed committed and you had a really good senior year. And, you know, a lot of people didn't expect that from you. And I'm like, all right. God, dog. I did. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's all that matters. So, so do you have a good, uh, you know, kind of teaching off of that to, to the kids that you get to coach now? I mean, uh, that's a – yeah, I mean, man, because sure. of, of the for point sure. of, you know, you had a kid that was supposed to start and and you you stayed ready. You stayed, you know, ready to go. And he messed up on three things outside of football, gave you that shot and uh, and you never gave it back. So uh, probably two coaching points for, for the kids that you work with. Don't be the yeah. guy that that messes it up and thinks he's, you know, whatever. Uh, and then also be the guy that's ready to go uh, when it's his time to, to roll. Man, I tell that story every year. Hmm. I tell that story every year. And from the coaching side of it, I try my best to, like, not write kids off, mm -hmm. especially, like, when they're young. Like, you never know, like, how this kid's going to develop, what the weight room will do to him, what a, is he going to hit a growth spurt. So I, re I, I remember being that kid. Like, never in high school, like, I was you – know, I was Mr. McClellan, like, my senior year. Like, I was, like, I played – I ran track. I played baseball. Like, I, I, But it was, like, a shocker to be in a position where it's, like, dang, like, I'm not good enough now. And so, like, I try to tell my kids, oh, don't worry about right now. If you're not in the spot that you want to be now, man, just keep working for it. Like, you don't know what's going to happen. Like, I'm – even right now, like, I'm on, like, my third or fourth slot receiver. Like, I didn't had two – hurt their knees. I got one that uh, he'll be there one day, and the next day we have to try to find him. And I, like, I'm on, like, my fourth slot receiver. I'm like, so what if you, fourth slot receiver, was like, I'm the fourth slot receiver. I'm never going to get to play, and now you starting. Mm-hmm. And you say, oh, man, I coach every kid like he's a starter. Yeah, I I love that, Coach. I You know, the, the, the word that always came to mind for me is don't be the dream shredder. You know, none of us have the crystal ball, and none of us can tell anybody, you know, what what somebody's going to become. And I, 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 I think it's huge, man. I think you'll get so much more out of a kid by by pumping them up and telling them how good they're going gonna be. You know, not not them cutting any corners, but you know, telling them, hey, man, you you don't know what's going to happen. You just keep lifting, do another rep, For just sure. get lined up one more time, man. Sure. I think it's like it's a huge thing in life, too, dude. You don't you didn't know you're going to be a football coach. You know, you um, I thought I was going to be a loss prevention specialist at Kroger. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's grinding every day, and all of a sudden someone shows up at your door, and boom, you're ready to roll. Yeah, man. Uh, and uh, the way I ended up getting my first OC job is because I was getting ready to apply for a head job, and it was a school that was in district. And so they had to give me an interview because I was already part of the district. And so I knew it was coming up. Me and one of my uh, other coaches, and we sat down and, like, we put put a playbook together and we, like, grinded it out. Like, I mean, we were staying up there all night. Like, 
trying to figure out how to package everything and word it and pair it and everything that we wanted to do. And this was three years before I actually got a chance to like call a play that I had this system and that was like a working system that I was just every summer in the spring, I'm like working on this, like I'm getting ready to install it like today. And uh, I'd always go to my head coach and I'd be like, man, I, what do you think about this? I just, cause he was a defensive guy. Like, what would you do if you, if, if an offense was doing this to you? And then one, like I, and it, was, it was at lunch and one day I'm doing that. Like I always do. And he goes, Ed, do you want to be the OC? <laughs> and I'm like, are you serious right now? And he's like, yeah. Do you want to be the OC? I was like, yes, sir. And he was like, it's yours. Wow. wow. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. so, um, well, Coach, it's been an awesome uh, hour, but, you know, kind of winding up on an hour. But the last question uh, that I always like to ask guys is, when you're watching another team's offensive line, What's some things they'd be doing that would make you think highly of their offensive line coach? Man, are, are they a group? Are they a unit? Like, do they move with purpose? Um, like, if this is going to be a double, like, are they hip to hip? Like, whatever it is you're coaching, like, it don't matter what scheme, you got to win up front. And if you got dudes that's – like, I like, this, I like to see kids that are nasty because I don't think a, a lot of these kids are just naturally nasty anymore. And when you see a whole group of them, I'm like, that was instilled in them. I don't think that you just, like, showed up one day and had, like, five nasty dudes walk through, like, we ready to get down and be a lineman. You know, it's, it's it's a little bit more glamorous than it ever been. But, you know, when I when I see kids like that, when I see groups like that, and, I mean, they love it, and they – when they when they blocking dudes downfield and they high fiving and celebrating with each other because like man they they love being O linemen, I'm like yes yeah, somebody's doing something special over there. Coach man, love love you sharing your story. Uh, love being able to talk to you and uh, RTP man. We want to wish you the best of luck at your new gig. Hopefully you guys uh, you guys start lighting it up, man. Get that spread get that spread gap scheme rolling. Oh yeah, man. Oh yeah. My uh, we we got a book that comes out every year called Hootens, and it's uh, you know everybody puts like what offense they running, what defense they running, and I look, I like, well, I wonder what he called my offense. I just because <laughs> we never talked about. It. I turned to it, and he called it a power spread, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, all right, I can I can roll with that. And that's gonna do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank all of our sponsors. You guys make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it will allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.